listening to Creative and Curious, a weekly podcast made for creative seekers who are compelled to let your inner artist reign free. Here we explore the mystery of how creating makes us better humans and artists. I'm Marika, and welcome to today's Discoveries. Welcome to today and a subject that I want to talk about that I think is a little complicated. It's complicated. I want to talk about relationships and in particular, I will start with why relationships are important to art. And I think Julia Cameron illustrates this the best. She is the author of The Artist's Way. And she has kind of a three-step path to uh, creative life and lifestyle, which is you have an artist date once a week, you do your morning pages daily, every morning, and you get a little exercise, like take a walk or something like that. And her theory and philosophy that has lasted for a very long time is that this really helps maintain and nourish your creativity. And a couple of years ago, I went to Santa Fe and I saw Julia Cameron talk. And one of the things that she said that she wished she had added to that was the need for what she called believing mirrors. A believing mirror is a friend. It is more than a friend. It is this person is somebody in your life who believes in you. And as much as I love every friend that I have in my life for all the different reasons that we uh, get along. You don't really feel that from every single one of them. And I really believe that not every single one of them even thinks or believes that's their, that's within their domain to do is to believe in me in particular, maybe somebody else, maybe there's certain other people that we're all attracted to that we just inherently believe in. Gosh, you know, when I think about it, as I'm saying this, I'm like, what do I mean by believing in, right? Like, this is a person who sees your potential. It's not even that they just see who you are. It's that they see who you can become. You know, great teachers can do this and do this as a profession. And of course, when you have that relationship, student teacher relationship. That's a lot different than when it is your friend or even a mentor, but this is somebody who believes in your potential and sees what you're capable and admires the path that you're on, sees your drive, sees what drives you into the future and cheers you on and believes that you are capable of everything that you envision for yourself, everything that you wish for yourself even. So of course this is really important to art because sometimes it's just really hard to create, especially in the long term. I mean, art, I believe is, is, it's not a quick fix for anything. It's not a quick sale. It's even very few things that are created in this world exist in a fast economy. So isn't that interesting? right now to say that we have a fast economy because it's certainly a changing one. 
because artists are in it for the long term and art is really sort of this investment in an unknown future. We really don't know when we create our art, how it will be received and what people will think of it. We're kind of stabbing at the, at the future. What if I throw this out there? Will anybody be attracted to it? Will anybody be attached to it? Will anybody even like it? If you have believing mirrors in your life, they keep your momentum going. They give you energy. They really believe in who you can be and they believe in what you're doing and they see the potential and the talent and, and all that in you. They are fuel. They are fuel. When Julia Cameron was talking about this a couple of years ago, I thought, oh yeah, I totally know who my believing mirrors are. And like, these are really special people in your life. She, these are like a couple people. It's not everybody. It's not your, you know, of course I have, I'm in a couple of uh, groups with artists and they're not the people who, that we help each other. We give advice. We tell it about, talk about what we're thinking in terms of art, but that really deep rooted feeling of like, I got your back. I really believe in you. I want you to keep doing what you're doing because it's great. And not only that, what you're doing is inspiring me as well. It becomes this beautiful, like cycling, creative cycle between the two of you. That is a really special relationship. And Julia Cameron even said, like, it's really not a lot of people, maybe two, maybe one. If you're lucky, maybe three, right? That's an important piece of, you know, carrying on in your artistic endeavors, whether you're a beginner and you just want to play and see what you can do and create. And whether you're somebody kind of more in the middle, you know, in the business game, trying to see if you can, you know, make some money or a career, having those people around you can be really energizing. And I think that she made a really good point uh, when she talked about that. Now, I feel really lucky to when I have heard that to thought at the time, you know, hey, I've already I've got a couple. I'm I this is great. I've got something going on for me. But I'm also really aware I am actually an INFP. So uh, what does that mean? I that's the Myers-Briggs personality test. Um, I is introvert N is intuitive. F is feeling and P is perceiving. It's crazy. It's like one of these like types that's like one of the smallest parts of our population. <laughs> so I'm weird. <laughs> Number one, that's great. I love it. Um, I'm not strong on the eye. I'm, I like to be around people. I like to be around people more than my husband too. Um, but I do like my downtime. I do like to spend a lot of time in my creative spaces in my studio alone. I really don't miss people. I get a lot of energy from, from being in the space. That introverted part of me is also very aware of also how difficult it can be to have friends because friends require energy. Friends require that you like pick up the phone and you call them every now and then you go out with them, you do things with them. For some people, it's really, really difficult to, to maintain the friendship. And not only that, you might have friends, but just not feel that intimacy with them. You don't, you don't feel that safety with them as well. I don't like privilege, right? I don't like the feeling like I have something and you don't have it. And I also think a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe too much. And as much as I love my relationships with who I would consider my believing mirrors are, they are also human beings and they are not perfect. And they don't always, they got their own stuff going on and they are not always there to support me. I think in spirit, in thought, in mind, they are around, 
and I can maybe tap into that energy sometimes, but they have their own things going on sometimes in which they don't want to talk to me. They don't want to talk to anybody. They've got their own stuff that they're processing and dealing with. And it's not like they're my little slaves that when I'm feeling down creatively, I can just go over to them and ask them to like, give me a little pep talk. That's not a fair relationship for me to be demanding to them in terms of what I expect of this, of our friendship and our relationship. They didn't come to me saying, I'm going to be a believing mirror to you. It just happens to be that that's how I can see those traits in our relationship. And they need me in a different way too, in some ways to be a believing mirror, in some ways to be a cheerleader, in some ways to just be around when they need to call me and when they're ready to talk. I love the idea of a believing mirror. I do not think that it should be considered like the thing that you must have to be creative because relationships are really hard and people are not perfect. And there's this thing that happens in relationships that I always really struggle with, which is that oftentimes we go into relationships believing that people must behave a certain way in order for you to have that relationship with them. And that's true in friendships. That's true in marriage and in romantic relationships. We all have these beliefs that we carry along with us. That's an ultimatum in a relationship to say, you must behave in these ways in order for our friendship to be real and true. And I'll say that the relationship is abusive. If you're feeling neglected, if it's clear that person isn't choosing you and your friends friendship anymore, you probably don't want to hang around. Just go, you know, just move on. If it feels like your energy is being drained by that friendship, relationships go through their phases. And one of the phases that happens is that they end and that's okay that they end too. I hate it. I hate losing friendships. I hate losing relationships, but there are definitely times when it's just, you just don't, it just doesn't happen anymore for the two of you. I believe that I believe in that. And I believe that it's problematic to put your hopes and your success on somebody else, or you're even calling them fuel or it's all these things. It's just kind of a problematic relationship. We all want belonging. We all want to feel like we belong to a community, to other people, to friendship. The problem with belonging and the problem with believing mirrors is that we often, we often put the power of that relationship into the hands of the other, whoever the other is, into the hands of that person. We're not good artists unless they think they're, that they believe in us. That's, that doesn't work. Or belonging to a community, like in order to be a good artist, you must belong to XYZ community or in this gallery or some online gallery or an art fair that makes you belong. Like somebody has validated your worth. And now you are a belonging being in the community. These things, this idea of belonging, which is such a comforting feeling when you feel like you belong somewhere. And, and I believe in that feeling too. But again, you are putting, you're putting the power of that feeling in the actions of somebody else. You're looking to somebody else for validation and you are putting yourself at risk as an artist because this is a human entity, it's a person or a community, 
you're putting yourself at risk for not for feeling like you don't belong. And that might be said to you overtly or like, you know, your art is not good enough for us. Or it might feel like that just in body language or in lack of response or um, all sorts of ways to really dig at your insecurity, isn't there? And these places where there are communities that exist and people and relationships, they're really important. They are really important. There's a balancing act that must, that must occur, that absolutely must occur in order for you to be as health as you, healthy as you can in order to engage in these communities. And the balancing act is from within. It is that you believe in yourself, that the best and most amazing believing mirror that exists in your life is the one that is right here with you all the time. And I say that knowing that it is the hardest thing to do to believe in yourself in some cases, especially when you're playing the long-term game. It is hard for you to accept responsibility for the sense of belonging. Like, why can't you just belong because you're here? Why can't you have that feeling of belonging simply because you exist on this planet and you have the wishes and desires and vision for yourself that you have? You belong in that space. You cannot give the authority over to other people in this case. You belong here on the planet with your wishes and your desires and your vision, you don't need external validation for those things. That's what you want. That's what you see into the future. You want to create art, right? You want to be part of an artist community. You, you want to have believing mirror friends. If you want those things, give them to yourself. That's the only thing that you can control is changing the mindset from I can't, I'm not there. I don't have it because other people haven't given it to me to, I can give this to myself. I can be the person that believes in myself the most. Oh my God, isn't that exciting? You can do it. You can be the most exciting, the most exciting person to yourself. You can be the community that you need. In fact, you can create the community if you want to. I mean, I'm an INFP, so I'm not I don't I probably wouldn't do that, but I've I've got a few other communities, but Maybe if you want to, you could create your own community. You could, you could do a lot of things around creativity in order to start to create that sense of belonging if you really need that from, from a community that meets up together. Like uh, you could start your own, you know, weekly or monthly crafting group or art, arting group, or uh, you can invite your friends. You could join a meetup. There's all sorts of fun things that you could do to create that community instead of waiting for one to involve you and to enjoy uh, and for you to enjoy so taking those things, right, the believing mirror and the, and the sense of belonging and giving them to yourself is totally empowering. And I've got to say, like, I do this kind of stuff on a regular basis. I oftentimes in my morning journal will remind myself what belonging feels like and that I can give that feeling to myself. I think about what belonging is and that for me, belonging is being on this planet and doing the things that I really have always wanted to do with my life, that I can be the believing mirror, like I can create the vision. And the more that I imagine and the more that I think about where I want to go in my artwork, in my career, and the more that I believe in that, the more that I will put myself on that path. This real true 
sense of empowerment comes from that. And I want to balance that. Like, again, I'm going back to balancing this with this idea that those communities and those people are also very important in this as well. But the most empowering thing that you are going to do is you're going to give it to yourself first. Like you're number one, you are in charge of this feeling. You are in charge of being a believing mirror and you are in charge of belonging and your sense of belonging on this planet. When you bring that into the communities and your relationships and, you know, I can't promise you anything. Some people would say, oh, then all your relationships are just going to be so much better. But I, I actually don't even believe that either. You yourself will probably be more grounded in your relationships with everybody else Some people will like you more and be more attracted to you because of that. And some people probably won't and they'll be put off by it because they're intimidated by it or they have their own stories and issues around, you know, whoever you are. There's no magic formula to relationships with people. That's for sure. But you're okay because you've given it to yourself. You give your self-worth to yourself. That's just the way it is. That's the way it is on this planet. So I think that's really important to relationships. And it's very important to your art to really start to to get really grounded in yourself. The second part of this is I was thinking about just recently, I was thinking about a conflict that I had with my husband and, you know, I've been married to him for like 18 years and we have conflict all the time. Sometimes it's not an outright fight, but we definitely have moments where we're just like, oh God, I can't stand you right now. Or this is just not going well. I don't want to spend time with you. I mean, come on, 18 years. And what I think we've known each other for over 20. Yeah. Over 20. So it's a long time and we can press each other's buttons. We have been really working on our relationship lately, but sometimes we hit these, these friction points, these conflict places. And I was thinking about it and we've been in couples counseling too for the last, I don't know, for a while maybe four or five months, which has really opened up a lot of helping us understand where our conflict points are and why we're having the conflict. But some, honestly, some of it feels very irreconcilable. Like there's just no way that my husband's going to change and there's just no way that I'm going to change in this too. And the truth about that too, is that does not mean that the relationship's over. It means that we have friction points and it means I know, we know that we love each other. Conflict doesn't mean that you don't love each other. So I'm thinking about this and I was thinking about this conflict that we had and it was just a really silly, like very typical sort of conflict. He was massaging my shoulder and I just got to a point where I didn't want it anymore. And I told him I didn't, I wanted him to stop. And he sort of pulled away really pulled away, physically distanced himself. And I was like, well, I didn't mean for you to physically distance yourself. You just don't want to be touched like that anymore. And he didn't respond and I took offense. And I mean, it's really silly because the whole purpose of that conflict was we were trying to connect and it ended in disconnect. That's the, uh, the context for this. And I was thinking about this and I thought, you know, We both have our perfect story. We both have this idea of what a relationship is supposed to be like, what a marriage is supposed to be like. I mean, here we are 18 years into this marriage and we still are holding on to these ideas of perfection that we should know does not exist after 18 years. And yet in that moment, in these moments, they clash up against each other 
and, um, and create conflict. So my story of perfection was, you know, I should be able to say that I want you to stop something without you physically distancing or, you know, um, taking offense. And his story is, you know, my wife should just like it that I'm being affectionate and let me do whatever I want. <laughs> and, and, uh, I don't like that story. <laughs> and so, <laughs> cause, cause then it's like, well, what do I want though? Um, anyway, so, but those are our two perfect stories. Those are our two perfect stories. They totally don't match up at all. And, and yet at the same time, we know that we love each other. Like I know that I love him. I know, and I know he loves me. I'm, I am not doubting that in any way, shape or form. I know that. So why am I letting these perfect stories get in the way of love? I mean, I, I get it in the sense that the love is imperfect, right? It's, it's not matching up with the perfect story, but the love is totally, totally there. That perfect story is what's getting in the way. If I let go of the perfect story, right? And I surrender to the knowing that he loves me, the knowing that just because he has this other story and it's not true either, that doesn't dictate the quality of our relationship, right? Because we love each other. I mean, this is the foundation for us is that we love each other. So this perfect story, this perfect idea, this idea of things have got to be a certain way in order for me to approve of his love, this is not real. It's not real. Instead, what we're doing is allowing these perfect stories to, to pry into our relationship, to actually like ruin them, right? Because we have an idea of how it should be. I mean, the truth is why, why couldn't I have said to him, you know, please stop. I don't want that anymore. And then if he had moved away, I just cuddle right back into him and put his hand where I want it to be and leave it there. I mean, instead I got all offended because he wasn't behaving like the husband that he's supposed to be behaving. So it's letting go of perfect stories and surrendering to the imperfectness of love, but also the imperfectness of life. Not everything, everything that's going on around us is totally imperfect. And we only notice when it's really not what we want. If it's kind of okay, we'll let it pass. But we only notice when it's really not what we want. It's the same thing. These ideas of believing mirrors being the perfect story. It's, if you don't have a believing mirror, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter either. Because guess what? My believing mirrors have failed me too. When I have expected them to be my believing mirrors, they have absolutely failed. They're still my believing mirrors because I choose to trust their love and our relationship. But it's not perfect. It's not a perfect story. It's never a perfect story. It is imperfect love. It's imperfect relationships. And I go back to that feeling of belonging, even in my relationship with my husband. If I can stay in that sense of now, like I belong in the, in the moment, in the now of the moment, knowing that my husband loves me, knowing that I love myself, then these perfect stories don't get in the way. 
And I give myself that sense of belonging and I give myself what I need to feel belonging. I don't wait for my husband to give it to me. Really complicated. It's really difficult. I can see it like as a theory. I can see it as something that is really important in my relationship with my husband, but also in my relationships with my believing mirrors, with my communities, with my sense of belonging, that letting go of that perfect story and surrendering to the imperfection, to the imperfect love and trusting and trusting is an incredibly empowered place to be and a very, very creative space as well to be in. There's so much energy in that. And so that's my gift to you. I hope you will consider some practices to try to give you this sense of belonging. You know, what are your perfect stories? I think that's one of the best things to do is to actually like spend some time with your perfect story about whatever it is, about your relationship, about what you think it means to be an artist, about creativity. Like spend some time with it, write it down in a perfect world. This is how my creativity would be. This is how my art would be. This is how my relationships would be with other people. And just be ridiculously demanding when you write those down, when you figure out like what it is that you actually think the world is supposed to do for you, you know, because recognize it then as a perfect story, right? It's a vision for sure, but recognize it as a perfect story and perfect stories don't exist that there will be friction points in your life because your perfect story is going to bump up against something in reality or somebody else's perfect story and not work. Yeah. That I think is number one. What is your, what is, what is it? What is your perfect story? Think about what belonging means, you know, to you. What does it mean to, for you to belong? And, and, and really like look at how much of that means, how much of it is being given to you by somebody else, right? You're waiting for approval. You're waiting for somebody to tell you you're good enough. Because as long as you're waiting, as long as you're giving that power to somebody else, you're just never going to feel belonging. I mean, even when they do give it to you, you're probably still going to have imposter syndrome. So again, looking at that, And then asking the question, you know, why can't I just belong because I'm on the planet? I am here, the planet. I belong to the planet. I belong here in this place, geographically in this time, because I'm here. And it's as simple as that. You exist. And so therefore you must belong here. And there's really not that complicated, really. And uh, as much as you believe in your believing mirrors, you know, give them space to be human as well give them space to be imperfect. And as long as you're giving yourself, you are your biggest believing mirror. That relationship is going to be even stronger. Yeah. People, you're one of them and you can do this. Thank you for spending this time with me and for spreading the word about creative and curious. You can find me here every Thursday with new thoughts and insights on creativity, curiosity, and life. Tell me what you think. Please email me your comments and questions at marika at marikarenke.com. And if you feel inclined, leave a review. They really do mean the world to me, and they'll help this podcast reach people just like you. 
And the best thing that you can do, keep creating. Thanks again. <laughs>